life is good when you're walking with the Lord, isn't it? And uh, I'm thankful that we have that uh, the presence of the Lord and His help. And uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to First uh, Thessalonians chapter five. We'll finish this morning our series through the book of First Thessalonians. We've been here for a little while. This morning we want to look at verses 19 through uh, 28. And uh, I think we'll start with reading the, the, the verses. Verse 19 says this, Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of of evil. And now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. And I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Not a, a big coffee drinker. Occasionally the, the urge will hit me and I'll, I'll have a cup. Um, I did find when I was in Ukraine I liked tea, though. I didn't think I did. A hot tea. Uh, and especially with some milk and sugar in it, it's pretty good. Uh, that's the way they drink it over there. But uh, I've got a cup here that I got from a seminary. I graduated from the uh, Asbury Seminary Alumni Association. And uh, it's been sitting on my desk. It's had uh, pencils and pens and paper clips in it. But that's not what this is made for, is it? What's it made? It's made to hold coffee. It even says it right on it, coffee and tea. That's what it was made for. You can use it for other purposes, but it was made for a specific purpose. Well, I want to suggest to us this morning that the Bible, and Paul tells us here at the end of 1 Thessalonians, that you and I were made for a specific purpose. And that specific purpose, the Bible tells us, is to, to know God and to make him known. That's the Winsminster uh, Catechism says that and, and what is the chief end of man? And the answer, to know God and to make him known. The Bible says that we are created as God's workmanship. In fact, it says that we are his masterpiece. That he created us for good works and to live for him and to honor him. Has that intention changed from the first century when Paul wrote this letter? No. Now that is a pretty tall bill. Paul says here, he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. 
so that your body, your mind, and your soul are completely sanctified. Sanctified is a big, long, fancy preacher word that simply means set apart or held back or, you know, consecrated for a particular purpose. And I've already told you what that purpose, that's a big, tall order, isn't it? It's hard to do that sometimes, especially in this crazy, wicked world that we live in. So how do we accomplish being completely sanctified? How do we accomplish and recognize that like this coffee cup, we were made for a particular purpose? Well, Paul answers that in these verses. In verses 19 through 28, he tells us how we live for the Lord. So let's look and see what he says. Uh, he, he gives us kind of two instructions, and the first is this. He says, live for the Lord. He says, don't quench the Spirit. Don't despise prophecies. Test all things. What, what do all of these things, it boils down to live for the Lord. When you're living for the Lord, are you quenching the Spirit? No. How do we quench the Spirit? We quench the Spirit when we disobey it. Or when we're living in the world and we're allowing other things other than God and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us to make choices for us and to lead us and guide us in the wrong ways. Even though we may be saved, We still make wrong choices sometimes, don't we? And sometimes we don't just make wrong choices. Sometimes we sin. And sometimes we don't just sin. We walk around in sin. Even as God's children. And you better believe that's quenching the Spirit. God can't bless a life. Now, this coffee cup, it's had pens and ink and it's been sitting on my desk for 12 years. It's not probably had coffee or anything in it in that time. So am I just going to go to the back, get a cup of coffee, and yeah, it's dusty. I can see dust in it. Am I going to go get a cup of coffee and put my cream in it and stir it up? And I have to get more cream and sugar so it's kind of blonde looking. doesn't really look like coffee for it to be good. No! I'm going to wash it out. If I were Leslie, I'd have to put some bleach in it and, you know, sterilize it real good, but I'm not that quite worried. But a good washing with some Dawn soap would do it some good. And so when things are, when cups are dirty, we don't use them, do we? We put them in the dishwasher or in the sink and wash them by hand or because they're dirty. We don't want to use it. Why? Because we'll get sick and you know, we don't want to taste whatever maybe it was in it before. We get a new cup, one that's clean. Just the same way when our life is filled with dirt, God's Spirit does not move freely in our life. 
And we certainly can't expect God's blessing and God's direction. And so Paul says the answer is this, and it's, it, it's kind of twofold. The first is this, study and live his word. Right way to clean, you know, uh, Dawn dish soap works real good on cleaning silverware, cups, plate, you know, dishes, things that it washes. It's good at getting grease off of uh, ducks. You've seen those commercials where they've had oil spills and the oil's gotten on the, the ducks and the geese. What do they use? They squirt some Dawn on those ducks and wash them off and they're back to flying just right. You know what? God has given us some spiritual dawn, if you will. It's called His Word. And if we allow it to, God's Word cleanses us. And God's Spirit cleanses us. But we can have a great big bottle of dawn. But if we don't put it in the sink, is it doing our dishes any good? No. Nope. In fact, we've got, a big bo- we've got a great big bottle from Sam's in the kitchen. But it doesn't do any good unless you pour some water in the sink and then add the, the dawn and then put the dishes in it and use the scrubber. All the parts of that are there. But until the dawn is actually put in the water, it doesn't accomplish what it's supposed to, does it? The moment we're saved, the Bible says God gives us his Holy Spirit. And it lives within us. The moment we're saved, we're as saved as we're ever going to be. And we've got as much of the Holy Spirit as we're ever going to have. The problem, though, is sometimes in our Christian life, the Holy Spirit doesn't have all of us. We have all of him. But the key is him having all of us. You see, you can have... Dawn soap, and you can have a good scrubber. You don't have water. Your equation's in trouble, isn't it? And so Paul says, don't quench the Spirit. When God's Spirit convicts you, when God's Spirit directs you, listen. God does not force His will upon us as His children We still have free will. We still have the ability to make choices. Paul wouldn't have to admonish us, don't quench the Spirit, if it was not possible to quench the Spirit. The fact that he warns us not to do it means we can do it. And I dare say all of us on occasion do do it. But don't we find that it's never best when we do it? Don't we find that when we've made some, you know, dumb goofball decision, maybe it's a spiritual decision, maybe it's a life decision, but we didn't think about it, we didn't pray, you know, we just did Don't we look back and say, man, why on earth did I do that? What was I thinking? And so Paul reminds us that God's word and God's spirit will never lead us astray. It will always show us what to do. And so the key is knowing God's Word and being in it. And then listening to it. 
It's not just a matter, you know, we've heard good sermons at our church. We've had good Sunday school lessons. We've had some goose eggs too, but we've had some good ones. But all of the good sermons in the world don't do us any good if we take that sermon, we live it on our pew, and we walk out the door, forget about it, and go on our business. It's not done us a lick of good, has it? But when we let it impact us and we you know, say, God, mold me and make me, and you know, I, I know that, that I need to do something. When God calls us to do something, whether it's repent, whether it's commit, whatever it might be, and we do it, God is able to use us. But what happens when we don't? The Bible says our heart hardens. Just like the arteries inside your body can get hard. They don't move as well as they, God made them to. And sometimes we've eaten too much of Miss Jeanette's magic biscuits and gravy. And we've had too much bacon like we did yesterday. And we've had too much fried food. Fried food just tastes better, doesn't it? Because it's not good for us. <laughs> and as our physical body, if we don't train it to do better, it craves things that are bad for it. It craves sugar and fried foods. How do we know that? Because people are willing to go to the fair and pay $10 for a fried Twinkie or a fried Oreo. or I even heard of fried butter. That, that boggles my mind. That people will, they flour and batter a stick of butter and people buy it. <laughs> That's, that's a little too far for me, but, uh, you know. So he says, listen, just the same way when we eat things that are not, we don't heed the, the advice of our doctors to watch what we eat and cut out the salt and don't eat so much fat and we just do what we want and we don't exercise and those kind of things. Guess what eventually happens to us? That sausage gravy that we've been eating and all those things that we like, it clogs up in those arteries and eventually we got to go see cardiology man. He's got to take a needle and go in us with Roto-Rooter and clean out those blood vessels. Why? Because they've gotten hard. You know that your spiritual heart can get filled with gunk just like your physical blood vessels. And the longer we harden our heart to the Lord, the Bible says the time can come when our heart becomes so hard that we can't even hear the Lord anymore. I'm thankful that God is so loving and His Spirit's that if we listen to Him and we heed, what does 1 John 1, 9 tell us? we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us, to restore us, to put us right back, just like new. And so he says, listen, you need to not quench the spirit, you need to not despise pride. In other words, you need to hear God's word preached, and you need to listen how God speaks to you through his word. But not just 
well, the preacher said it, it must be right. But he says, test all things. The idea is proving what is right and good. Don't just take for granted that, well, it must be right. We were to ask uh, Joanne's brother, the police chief here in town, he probably would tell us that at least once a week counterfeit money gets passed around somewhere in Columbus. It looks pretty close to the real thing and most can't tell the difference. The same thing can happen in our spiritual life. And so we need to not quench the spirit. We need to not despise prophecy. We need to test all things. But then he also says, and the next kind of important thing is stay away from wrong. That's what he means when he says, abstain from every form of evil. Stay away from what's bad. Guess what? If you stay away from a campfire, you're not going to get burnt. But if you get right up close to it, chances are you might get burnt. So he says, stay away from the things that are wrong. And he doesn't have to give us a long list. We know what's right and what's wrong. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so... He guides us. The Bible says that one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to illuminate the Scriptures to us. Another job of the Holy Spirit is He makes intercession for us. The Bible says when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us. The Holy Spirit illuminates God's truth for us. It lights our path for us. Shows us how we're supposed to go the path that we're supposed to take. Do we have to wonder and say, listen, I wonder if it's right for me to steal this money that's not mine. No, we don't have to wonder about that. We know it's not right. We don't have to say, I wonder if it's all right for me to cuss out that moron that's made me upset, you know, they cut me off on the highway. Or No, it's not right. And the Holy Spirit lets us know it's not right. So we don't need this a long list of do's and don'ts. Paul says if it's evil, stay away from it. James says it this way. He says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. A adage from secular world, we've all heard it. One bad apple spoils the bunch. Sunday school this morning we talked about from Second Chronicles some of the bad kings in Israel's history. And one that killed his brothers so they wouldn't... I mean, all kinds of crazy nut, nutty nonsense. And you know what happened that those kings 
by and large, there were several right in a row that said they did wrong, they did wrong, they did evil, they did. Why? Because that's what they saw from dad and granddad. And that's what was around them. Now, thankfully, there were some good kings, and there were revivals in times of Israel's history when one king, you know, would say, all right, this is enough of this craziness. We've done it our way, and it hadn't worked out. We've got a big mess. Let's try it the Lord's way and see how things work. And so we need to study and live God's word. We need to apply it. We need to put it into practice. We need to stay away from what's wrong. Don't hang around bank robbers and you won't get arrested for robbing a bank. We have to be careful who our friends are and who our influences are. And we may say, well, I want to go around those folks so that I can win them to the Lord. And they certainly do need to be one to the Lord, but when you allow them to become your closest friends, and they're the ones that you end up being the one influenced, and influenced in a very bad way. And so we need to be careful who we allow to influence us. So the first key is living for the Lord. And that means studying and living God's word and staying away from wrong. But then I also lastly want to say to us that we need to love like the Lord. Paul says, greet each other with a holy kiss. God who calls you is faithful. In other words, he doesn't give up on you. He sticks in there. He hangs in there. He loves you. He recognizes you as part of his family. It's not so much true anymore in American culture, but it still is, especially in Eastern cultures like in Japan, where if you dishonor your family, I mean, it, it just not, doesn't bring shame on you. It brings shame on your entire family. So much so that often, to, you know, if uh, you know a son does something just Looney Tune crazy, people in Japan and in China, they they commit suicide because they've brought such great dishonor upon their family. Well, we should live in such a way that. We're not bringing dishonor to the Lord and his family. But that we're bringing honor and the people see that, hey, listen, even though uh, those people over at Calvary Free Will Baptist are a little off their rocker and they're nutty sometimes and they don't always agree, they sure do love one another. And they stick up for one another and they pray for one another. So Paul reminds us, hey, listen, we need one another, and we need God's Word. We need God's Spirit working in our life. Why? Because we were made for a purpose, just like this cup is made for a purpose. So often we waste our time, just like this cup has not been used for a coffee cup, it's been used to hold pencils and 
paper clips and stuff. You can collect dust. How many times do we as Christians say, well, I know I'm made for the Lord, but I'll just, instead of being full of his spirit, I'll just have a little bit of his spirit in there, but I'll just hold on some pencils and pens and that'll be good enough. How often do we miss what the Lord has for us? God wants to sanctify us fully, and he's the only one, by the way, that can do it. But he will not do it unless we are willing to cooperate with him. If we don't want him to do it, he won't do it. And if we want him to do it and we're willing to let him do it, He'll do it every single time. But the choice is up to us. And so the answer to that is, hey, let it fly. Let's be all in for the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm all yours. We need to understand that we never have enough of God's Spirit. And we never know enough of God's Word. And we never do enough of God's work where we can say we've arrived. We always need more. (coughs) So do we just say, well, if I can't ever accomplish all that I need, I just give up? Well, you eat more than once a day, don't you? Hopefully you do. Eat more than once a week, I know that. Because our bodies need it. Well, your spirit needs a constant supply and a growing supply. As you grow, you need to eat more than what you did when you were a baby. You know, kid, those little jars of baby food, they're itty-bitty. Would they fill any of us up here? Absolutely not. But we all know babies oftentimes can't even finish one little jar of baby food. But eventually, we need more than that, don't we? And eventually, we're able to grow past milk and cereal and chopped up baby food. And we're able to graduate to to soft foods and then to steak and potatoes and cheeseburgers and those good things that we like to eat. We have a little nephew, um, Andrew, I remember he was was a baby. I don't remember exactly how old he was, but we were having cake. I asked, I said, Andrew, you want some cake? I didn't see any harm giving him some cake. But, oh, you better believe charity. Oh, no, he can't have that. He's only six months old. little bit ain't going to hurt him. But it probably would. But now, that boy can put away some cake. And they're about to have our, their oldest son is about to be a teenager in a year, and they're going to find out how big grocery bills can go. Uh, and... You know, how how boys can put away some food. A lot more than when he was a baby. And so when we were a new Christian, 
you know, maybe a, a verse a day was enough. But as we grow and mature in the Lord, we need more of God's word. God needs to have more control of our life. And we'll find that, listen, more and more and more of us should be coming more and more like Jesus every day. So that when we get to heaven and we stand before him, it's no big change. Will there be a change? Oh, yeah, there'll be a change. But it shouldn't be a catastrophic change. Because we've been growing and growing and growing and growing more and more like Jesus every day. Let's stand together and let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word and your goodness to us. Lord, our prayer is that you would sanctify us fully in our bodies, in our souls, in our minds, Lord, that every part of us would shine you. God, thank you that you love us despite ourselves, Lord. We're so unworthy. And yet, Lord, you have created us for a special purpose, and you set us aside and say, listen, I have commissioned, I have chosen this person for a special purpose. Lord, help us to realize that and to look forward to it and grow into it. To realize that our life will never be complete until we find it. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's see.